Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, and allow it to encourage us and inspire us. We're talking this week, and we're in the Christmas season, and we're looking at four Gospels and how the four Gospels speak about the beginnings, the earthly beginnings, of the life of Jesus Christ. Of course, Christmas is the celebration of Jesus. We never want to forget that. And as we celebrate Jesus and think about his life, we have the Gospels that tell us about him. The first Gospel, the Gospel of Matthew, presents Jesus as the King of the Jews. Remember yesterday we saw how the four Gospels present Jesus differently. The, he's the same person, many of the same stories, He's the, the but Ma- Matthew shows us that he's the King of the Jews, as was prophesied by Isaiah the prophet. Mark shows us he was a servant of the Lord, also prophesied by Isaiah. Matthew Mark Luke shows us that he was a son of man, also prophesied by uh, Isaiah the prophet, and John shows us that he's the divine son of God. He's a he's uh, also prophesied by Isaiah the prophet. What do we have? He's a king and a servant. He's man, and he's God. And we want to look a little bit here today at these early chapters of Matthew and see how it refers to him as the king. Of course, this gives us the genealogy, which we saw yesterday, that goes all the way back to King uh, to Abraham, the father of the Jews. This would be the genealogy of Joseph, because Joseph was the one—the genealogy— the right to be on the throne as the king of Israel had to be passed on through the man, through the father. And so we see this genealogy goes back to the, the first Jew, Abraham, but also flows from that and follows through that through King David, giving him, Jesus, the right to be on this throne as the Messiah, the throne of David it's referred to. But I want to talk about, more specifically today, the Magi. The wise men, as we've heard, the three kings from the Orient are, who were these people? Who were these people? There's a lot of different ideas about them. I believe who they were. I believe they were Jewish sages. They were Jewish wise men. They were coming, they had been uh, taken to Babylon, and of those who were dispersed to Babylon back during the days of Jeremiah and, and when Daniel was taken there, there were many Jews who stayed in Babylon even when others came back and rebuilt the city of Jerusalem. And, and there were many Jews that were there, and many were wise men. I believe these people were wise men. They probably looked at the stars, I'll show you why in here in just a minute, but they weren't astrologers, they weren't sorcerers, they weren't, they weren't occultists. They were, they were people who knew the Scriptures. They were people who were followers of the Lord God, the King of Israel. And they, they, they came to him, and they asked this question. They came to King Herod from Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq now, and they asked this question, where is he who's been, been born King of the Jews? For we saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. Of course, this isn't something that a sorcerer or an occultist or an astrologer would be interested in doing. This, these, were, these were godly men. These were people who knew the Scriptures, who knew the, the Torah, who were seeking God and who were hoping for the fulfillment of the promise of the Messiah. Now, it, it, they came to worship this king, this new king of the Jews. What's this star about? Why would they? Why would a star tell them this? 
Of course, there's many ideas about the brightness of the star and so forth, but this would have been a fulfillment of an obscure Old Testament prophecy. This was given by Balaam when he was hired to curse Israel, and instead he didn't curse them, he blessed them. But in Numbers 24 and verse 17, he says this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come forth from Jacob. A scepter will rise from Israel. Of course, many times in the Old Testament, some of these prophecies seem hidden amongst other teachings or other comments that were made by a, a prophet, a man of God, or so forth in the Old Testament times. And here, as they said, a star will come forth from Jacob. Jacob is a term referring to Israel. A scepter, or the ruler, the ruler that you rule with your scepter will, shall arise from Israel. And so when they saw this star over Jerusalem, they thought of this verse. And they decide, and they came to Jerusalem seeking him who'd been born king of the Jews. Now they came to worship him. And when they came, they encountered, they went to King Herod. And Herod was quite a fella because Herod... Um, Herod had, he was a magnificent builder. He was called Herod the Great. He built the, expanded greatly the, the temple in, in Jerusalem. He built Caesarea Maritima, a tremendous palace there, and sent probably the most, the first or second greatest port on the Mediterranean that he built right there in uh, Israel and in, uh, Caesarea. He, he built the, uh, Masada, this great fortress. He built the Her, um, the Herodian, which he actually moved a mountain literally to build this fortress that was his home outside of Jerusalem near Bethlehem. He was this incredible builder. And of course, he was very oppressive and the, the taxes he had. That's why the people were all upset at what he was, the, the uh, opulence with which he lived and the things with which he built. But when he came, when the wise men came, it says he was troubled. When they asked, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? We want to worship him. He was troubled. Now, Herod the Great was a Jew, but he was a great compromiser as well. He compromised with the Romans to have his power. And therefore, the Jews, you know, they, they didn't like him. All this building, all the taxes, all the, they saw him as a traitor, and they didn't like him at all. And so when he saw there's going to be a king of the Jews, he was threatened. He felt threatened by this. He called together his uh, the, the leading scribes, and he says, where is the Messiah going to be born? Where is, the, where is He knew this was the Messiah. Where is he going to be born? And they said to him, uh, they quoted from Micah 5.2, where it says this, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so they knew that, that the Messiah, the King of the Jews, would come out of Bethlehem. And he told this to the, the Magi, and they went on from there, and they went, to, they went and they found the child, they worshiped him. They brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were expensive gifts. These were things worthy of a king. Now, interestingly, isn't it you find it interesting that these sages, these Elderly people, we don't know their ages, but we get the impression they, they'd been around a while, and they were worshiping a baby. Can you imagine that? 
I mean, often when we worship Jesus, we think of him as, as an adult. We think of him as teacher, a teacher, a rabbi. We think of him as dying on the cross. We think of him as rising from the dead. I don't know, I usually, in, in my mental picture, when I, if I'm thinking of worshiping Jesus, praying to Jesus, rarely do I think of him as just a little tiny baby. And yet here they were, and they came to this place in Bethlehem where they worshiped him in humility. Of course, we know there was, there was no room for him in the inn. He was in a manger. There were probably animals nearby. It was probably not the clean, as clean as our hospitals are today. They probably weren't wearing gloves and have the, uh, the, uh, the cleansers and wash their hands and so forth. But here, this is the world Jesus was, was born into, and this is the world that the magi, the sages, the ones who knew these scriptures came to worship Jesus. Now, Herod didn't have the same response. Herod, when he, when the Magi are warned in a dream, Herod said, tell me where the child is and I'll come worship him too. Well, God warned the Magi, he's lying. He's tricking you. Uh, don't go back. Don't tell Herod. Go back by another route. And so they did. And when Herod realized that they had not come back and reported where this baby was born, of course, we know he sent and had all the... Uh, sons, all the boys under age two, slaughtered. We don't know if there's many. There might have, I mean, Bethlehem wasn't a huge city at the time. It might have only been 15, 20, 30 people. We don't, it's not like, it's not like there were hundreds of little babies slaughtered. It might not have been that big of a deal, but it was enough that, of course, every parent who lost was weeping and they refused to be comforted because of the prophecy said their children, their sons were no more. But God had protected Jesus. God had spoken to um, Joseph in dream, arise, get out of here. The king, Herod, is coming to seek the, the life of the child. And down they went to Egypt, where God then, when Herod had died, God called them back, came back up into this area near Bethlehem. And when he discovered that Herod's son was still ruling, he said, oh, it's better safe to go up to Nazareth where it would be safer, and that's where Jesus was raised. It's also interesting how it all works out. But to me, you see so much thing, the hand of God in providing and protecting here, the Magi coming to worship the Son, the King of the Jews, God protecting him from Herod the Great and his evil. And I'm often challenged in our day, who am I going to be like? Because we have here a real clash of kingdoms. The King is going to bring in the kingdom of God. Jesus is going to be ruling in the kingdom of God. And so when we see that and we realize that, that the Magi were willing to acknowledge the authority of this new king and worship him, when you acknowledge his authority, you worship him. And when you're worshiping, you are acknowledging his authority. The two are, they work hand in hand. Herod refused to worship the son. He refused to acknowledge the authority of Jesus. He sought rather to destroy him. Salvation Part of what salvation is, is getting back into a right relationship with God. And part of what the very first book of the New Testament tells us, this means we recognize him as king. I think this is really important. We often talk about Jesus as our Savior, which of course he is. And even right here in Matthew, 
chapter 1, it says, you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And indeed, that's what he does. But saving us from our sins means he's bringing us into his kingdom. Bringing us into his kingdom means we're acknowledging he's the king, his authority. We're entering, we're leaving what the Bible calls the domain of darkness, entering into the kingdom of God. Herod refused to do it. And as a result, he, he sought to destroy the, the, the child. The Magi, they worshiped him. They acknowledged he's the king, and that led them to worship. Do you acknowledge Jesus as your king? Do you, are you truly in the kingdom of God? I hope you're not like Herod, trying to destroy Jesus. I hope that you're solidly under his authority. Jesus, you're the king, and as a king, I worship you. Shall we? Let's pray about it right now. Jesus, we come to you today and we give you praise, glory, and honor. How amazing the very birth. You came and you were, Lord, before you could say a word, you were the, all Jerusalem was troubled because there was a new authority in town. And Herod, this evil king, evil ruler, knew that his authority would be challenged. He knew that he was going to have to bow the knee to you, and he refused to. Oh, Jesus, I pray we would be people who bow the knee to you. I pray we'd be people who embrace your kingship. I pray that we would gladly, uh, Lord, this is how you save us from our sins. And I pray we'd be under your authority and rejecting the authority of the domain of darkness. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you that you fulfilled these prophecies even before you could say a thing about it, before you could feed yourself or walk or speak or anything. All of these prophecies, your birth, the, the attack upon those of your age, uh, going down to Egypt and coming out of Egypt. These were, these were prophecies fulfilled. Even the wise men following the star, where they knew that a star would arise in Jacob, a scepter would come forth in Israel. And all of these things, Jesus, before you, while you were still a baby, prophecies of your coming were being fulfilled. We bless you. We worship you. We give you this day to follow you and be your children today. We love you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, pretty encouraging, the Word of God. I hope you are blessed by it. I know I am. So glad to have you along. If you're new with us today, I hope you join us regularly. We're speaking, every, we're here every day, 8.30 a.m. live. You can watch later in the day or even listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But we just want to get in the Word every day and let it refresh us, inspire us, encourage us, edify us. I hope you'll join us all week as we're looking at the Gospels and how the Gospels teach us about the coming of Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, our Savior. God bless you. I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.